Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 9th day of July, 2022. I'm your host, Mark Call. Basically, the week after America with a K decided not to worry about trying to celebrate the anniversary of an event that most of them have long since forgotten, and the vast majority never really understood what it was about anyway. I'm referring, of course, to the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And as I do suspect listeners here know, what is now politically incorrect to even talk about are those self-evident truths, like the fact that there is a God, the Creator, with a capital C as the founders put it, our rights come from Him, and the singular purpose of government is to secure those rights. And this ought to really ring true today. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. They did, and we should. Because what we're seeing now, literally on a daily basis, makes almost everything that Mad King George did look kind of tame by comparison. And we'll no doubt make that point repeatedly with a number of stories over most of the next hour. But let's start it out this evening a bit differently. Because we've got a whole lot of other stories that you might not have expected. And in some of those cases, it's really not clear whether it's good news or bad news. Certainly, though, it seems intended to stir the pot. For example... The New World Order's satanic version of the Ten Commandments that have been there for far too long anyway in Georgia have been destroyed. You know the ones. They openly advocate for the killing of seven billion people or so. Well, getting rid of them one way or other in order to maintain humanity at a level in perpetual balance with nature at ah, half a billion total. And isn't it funny? They've certainly made a lot of progress on that score. Now that the gloves are off and the satanic forces have pretty well unleashed what they intend to do, well, anyway, apparently, very early on Thursday morning, somebody evidently decided to blow him up. Certainly could have been the creator of the universe. They've been an affront to him for long enough. I saw initial reports saying maybe they got struck by lightning. Then there were later reports saying, nope, looks like somebody was running away from the scene early in the morning after perhaps setting an explosion. Or who knows, maybe it was a directed energy weapon from either Big Brother or Russia, Russia, Russia. But would they really destroy the Georgia Guidestones? You do have to figure they'd probably nuke the swamp first. Anyway, i got to be honest, they're gone, good riddance, and the left seems to be making a lot bigger stink about the destruction of this particularly nasty monument than the conservative or constitutional or U.S. history-observant actual Americans ever did about tearing down far better monuments of people like Robert E. Lee, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. So what's it all mean? Honestly, I don't know. But I think if we stay tuned, it'll become increasingly clear. But no doubt about it, certainly could be another attempt to kick off a civil war. Which brings me to the other story that might raise a few eyebrows. And I guess i got to say good riddance here, too. Boris Johnson, you know, the nutcase prime minister of no longer Great Britain, has resigned as PM after a mass exodus of the Tory party saw the resignation of more than 60 different government ministers. According to a statement issued by number 10 Downing Street, and then later confirmed, Johnson made a statement to the nation just before midday Thursday in the U.K., announcing that, yeah, he was eventually going to leave, but defying pressure to step down immediately, insisting he needed to remain in office until a new conservative, sick, party leader is chosen. But still, after days of turmoil and mass resignations from his government, the almost former prime minister said, it's clearly now the will of the parliamentary conservative party that there should be a new leader. Well, that's a concept about any leader, and therefore a new prime minister. 
They called him one of the most controversial British leaders, sick in modern times, and said the timing of a contest for the new leadership would be announced next week. Although a whole lot of conservatives, including a number of former ministers, believe Johnson should get out of Downing Street right away. Said one, quote, there's no way I could serve under him in any circumstances, unquote. And I know what you're thinking, folks. Too bad I can't make this announcement yet. No. The communist Chinese puppy marionette in chief that's diapered at both ends is still pretending to occupy the oval orifice. Obviously, there's work to do. The destruction of the once free United States is not yet complete. The Biden viewer did, however, give a speech in Ohio that was called all kinds of wonderful things, from chaotic to an outright train wreck, and he couldn't even make up what's left of his mind about who to blame. First, it was Trump, and then he attacked Vladimir Putin for high grass prices. I guess all of them are responsible, anybody but him, and soaring food costs, and then made the idiotic claim that it's Republicans that are blocking his efforts to, yeah, get this, folks, lower prices. As Bugs Bunny once famously said, what a maroon. And come to think of it, Bugs Bunny would be a hell of a lot better Oval Office occupant than this senile communist crime boss. And according to Jim Hofton, the Gateway Pundit, though, the highlight of the train wreck speech was when the Biden Fuhrer called out a woman in the crowd during that speech in Ohio, but she'd already gotten disgusted and left. Awkward, maybe, but just another day in Diaperville. Which leads me directly, though, to this story, and it's as close as we get yet to what's happening in Britain with their not-quite-as-senile clown. Top Democrats and staffers, says a headline from Tyler Durden and Zero Hedge, are fuming over the White House's chaotic impotence. Yeah, it says Democrats are livid over the Biden regime's tepid response to a number of recent U.S. Supreme Court decisions, which struck devastating blows to the party's core anti-constitutional tenets, including an end to killing babies with impunity, and, at least if you actually believe the court has anything to say about it, disarming people via idiotic gun control measures, which they are still doubling down on. For example, Star of Will and Grace, Deborah Messing, one of the far left's real nutcases, and that certainly is saying something, was, it says, among dozens of celebrity Democrat supporters participating in a call with White House aides last Monday to brainstorm. There's an irony. Think about it. A response to the Supreme Court decision to deep six Roe v. Wade. And this is almost funny. She told CNN that she'd gotten Joe Biden elected, and she now wanted to know why she was being asked to do anything at all, yelling that there didn't even seem to be a point to voting. And maybe that means she's figured out the election was rigged, although with her, I really doubt it. Said CNN, the call three days after the decision eliminating federal abortion, ahem, rights, encapsulates the overwhelming sense of frustration among party apparatchiks with the Biden Fuhrer and offers a new window, they say, into what many in his party describe as a mismanagement permeating the White House. (laughs) Isn't that funny? What an understatement. And among top Democrats, two dozen of which spoke with CNN, including White House staffers, Biden either isn't acting with or probably more to the point, isn't capable of the urgency required in the moment. Raising questions over, get this, basic management abilities. How about basic abilities to use the potty unattended? Said one of them, though, getting at least on the right track, he's rudderless, aimless, and hopeless. He left out clueless and utterly brainless. So at least there's a bit of hope on that score, folks. Come on, Joe. Time to bojo up before even the far left has to come right out and admit that they were snookered. I only have one additional comment at this point. I'm sure I'll come back to it sometime down the line. 
looks like the left is finally realizing that they have what you might call rigorous remorse. From there, let's take a look back at some of the other news from the week, more or less in chronological order. Starting over the long holiday weekend, just to get it out of the way up front, there was the usual perversion on the left coast, and another mass murder in where else? Another gun-free killing zone in the Chicagoland area. And I hear people complaining about it in the mass media and opining how awful it is that it just keeps on happening. All the while, they do the same stupid, idiotic thing over and over again and expect a different result. It's a lot like voluntarily living in a crack house and then having them whine about how it's not as nice as they think it should be. So they want to steal some of your stuff to build it back better. Well, anyway, the latest demonstration of just how well gun control works was in the Chicago suburb of Highland Park, where an occult-tied Antifa progressive socialist well-known to law enforcement, who just happened to have been a rapper that telegraphed his moves for a long time via socialist media, climbed up on top of a building in the gun-free killing zone, and then shot a whole lot of people trying to watch a parade, killing six of them and injuring over 30 others. 22-year-old Robert Cremo III, or is it Crimo, is now in police custody. He's a rapper who uses the name Awake, and how's that for apropos? Has a bizarre socialist media footprint, including videos of the crime scene and animations that appear to show just how he envisioned what he intended to do playing out. Wonder if he had help from his handlers on that one. Or maybe that just helped identify him to the FBI as a potential flunky. And guess what, folks? Socialist media platforms have now quickly scrubbed all of his content, reports Cassandra Fairbanks for the Gateway Pundit, including a Discord channel, a YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. A fusillade of nutcases were out in force immediately after, almost like they'd been queued up in advance, to do some grave dancing and lobby for more of the hair of the dog. Airhead Alyssa Milano, for example, tweeted how this is the 309th mass shooting this year alone. Literally almost every single one of them, folks, in a gun-free killing zone. She's clueless as to any possible connection there, and then adds this bit of idiocy to bring that point home. Quote, this is not the America the framers envisioned. <laughs> Good grief. Of course, the fact that she's so clueless about why is a really big part of the reason. But on a stupid scale, she may have been topped by one so-called comedian named Michael Ian Black, who retweeted some more idiocy and then added, Seriously, what are we even celebrating today? Unquote. And obviously, he too doesn't have a clue. And if you stop and think about it, folks, and ponder just how far from anything even remotely Bill of Rights-oriented, constitutional, or especially Declaration of Independence honoring, America with a K under the Biden Fuhrer has now swirled down the toilet bowl of history, that level of cultural cluelessness pretty well encapsulates why we are exactly where we are. Truths that were once self-evident to every real American are now way, way over their head. Seriously, what are we even celebrating today? They really don't have a clue. Almost simultaneously over the long weekend, more communists masquerading as Congress critters openly advocated for treason and introduced yet another infringement, perhaps the most massive yet, that would attempt to limit any purchases of Booga Booga Booga, the only piece of property actually enumerated in the Bill of Rights, to one every five years, but then only if you're a good little slave and get a license from Big Brother first. Because, after all, slaves can't own weapons. Slaves certainly can't be allowed to say no until it's all empty, unless we decide to let them. It's called the Federal Firearms Licensing Act, and Uncle Joe, Mao, and Adolf would all be really proud of them. 
Here's another one of those quick stories that you already knew was coming, but it fits well into the story of the decline and fall of the American empire. From Bob Unruh at World Net Daily, also via Natural News, given that the Supreme Court has recently decided to read the actual text of the Second Amendment and ruled that governments cannot unconstitutionally deny even residents permission to carry a weapon in public, i.e. keep and even bear it, just because they don't meet the demand of some oath-breaking socialist bureaucrat to show just cause to allow the slave to be armed. Well, you knew darn well, didn't you, that the slave masters aren't about to back down and let those that they've had under their thumb for so long actually rise up and do what the rule of law says they're supposed to. Now, says Bob Unruh, a legal analysis says officials, and you already know what that means, are considering basing their decisions about whether or not to let a slave keep and bear arms on factors that make up a person's ideology. For example, do you endorse any kind of hatred, which is obviously a wildly vague term, but so much the better, or do you endorse certain religious views, things that are verboten? How about being anti-government or even pro or anti? It'll depend on the situation, don't you know? Abortion. Legal commentator Eugene Volok at Reason explained that California officials are now working on workarounds to the latest Supreme Court decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, in which justices vetoed the idea that any old bureaucrat, like in New York, can demand a license, octung, and that the applicant provide the bureaucrat whatever version of a good reason for the slave's behavior that they demand. Just cause for a license to defend yourself from the likes of the bureaucrat. Oops, right there, you know, just thinking that will get you denied. Volok noted that the California Attorney General then immediately issued a statement saying that the state's demand for good cause could likely no longer be used against residents, but uh, not to worry, they have a plan. They knew it was coming. They explained that certain people who hold certain ideological viewpoints should be disqualified. For example, the state already requires that an applicant be of good moral character, and if you're a conservative, if you've ever read the Bill of Rights, if you believe that certain... Uh, well, truths were once held to be self-evident. Obviously, you don't have good moral character. Now, if you want to waggle your willy in front of widow boys and girls, that's a whole different story, isn't it? Here's the quote from Soros Land. The Sacramento County Sheriff's Office, for example, has currently identified several potential reasons why a public carry license may be denied or revoked, and they include, quote, any arrests over the last five years, regardless of the disposition and any conviction in the last seven years. So in other words, even if you were unjustly arrested, folks, and a neighbor ratted you out for something that turned out to be a complete lie. Ha-ha! Gotcha! And let's not kid ourselves. Ultimately, you know that just the fact that you might want a weapon means that you're certainly not what the average Californian, or more appropriately, denizen of Hollywood, would characterize as a virtue-signaling upstanding citizen of their version of good moral character. Volok, of course, pointed out the uh, obvious inconsistency here, saying that these strategies are likely unconstitutional under the First Amendment, even apart from the Second Amendment, adding that the government can't restrict the actions of ordinary citizens, much less their constitutionally protected actions based on the viewpoints that they express, unquote. But hey, we're talking about California here and New York and other places where the rule of law and even the concept of sanity, much less good moral character, is totally foreign to them. He also added it doesn't matter that some adherents of some ideology engage in violence, and then said, 
Of course, it's easy to see how, if California were allowed to deny concealed carry license to whoever California law enforcement officials claim is racist or endorses hatred, well, then other states could deny such licenses and lots of other kinds of licenses, too, don't forget, to whoever their so-called law enforcement officials believe are anti-government or anti-police or anti-pedophile, anti-Satanist, anti-atheist or whatever you may have. And let's not forget that a mere arrest history doesn't document actual illegal conduct. A column at Hot Air pointed out how extreme the California strategy not only could become, but is, as you already know, folks, a lead pipe cinch to become. Quote, there's an even more critical distinction to make in an era where the government is busy redefining words and appointing people to decide what is or isn't, ahem, misinformation. If you spoke out against the violence on display during the BLM riots, you've already been defined as a racist. So based on that alone, the California AG, or what now passes for it, could determine that you're of insufficiently good moral character, how's that for a scumbag defining the words, to be approved for a permit. If you applauded the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you're no doubt already on their list of haters of some sort, so similarly, you can expect to be denied. On the more mundane side of America's descent into third-world communist state status, the holiday weekend that most no-longer-good Americans don't even remotely understand was also called Armageddon, because, as another story from the Gateway Pundit puts it, more than 10,000 flights nationwide were delayed, while more than 1,000 were canceled totally. As the collapse of the labor force, particularly among pilots and aircraft mechanics, continues. Remember, folks, the vast majority, whether they liked it or not, were forced to take the poison poke or else lose their job, many have now found that, ooh, I'd have been better off because instead I've lost my health or maybe my life. You're certainly not going to hear the waste stream talking about the death rates among pilots and aircraft mechanics and the like, but anecdotally, they're literally dropping like flies, some in flight, some on the road, and lots and lots in their sleep or elsewhere. Honestly, folks, your cynical host has to point out the flight delays will probably save a lot of people's lives because maybe they'll decide, huh, I don't think I want to get on a plane at all, given there's such a good chance that the pilot is medically unfit to fly, and that's probably the best choice. About 20% of all flights nationwide were delayed. Almost 3% were canceled. That's a staggering number. Some people are pointing to the fact that the so-called transportation secretary, the man with no qualifications other than where he likes to put his you-know-what, remains silent. And arguably, folks, that's probably about the best that America could expect from that quarter. Better he stay clear out of it than do what the Biden regime generally does, and that's deliberately screw things up even worse. As you might expect, the incompetent are trying to blame the delays on weather, not like some of us don't understand that thunderstorms are a phenomenon during the month of July. And as CNBC reports, through the 3rd of July, 2.8% of more than 4.1 million flights scheduled by U.S. air carriers were canceled. That's up dramatically from 2.1% of more than 4.74 million flights, a whole lot more of them, scheduled during the same period pre-pandemic. And all of these numbers are dramatically worse than before the well-orchestrated destruction of the U.S. air traffic system and, of course, the entire economy. Speaking of which, here's one that shouldn't surprise us at all, courtesy of Mike Adams, Natural News, and the People's Republic of California, which this week has said, we want to complete the destruction of the trucking infrastructure. And now with new regulations on the left coast, they're going to force another 70,000 truckers right off the roads. And here you thought maybe the Biden regime had been successful so far in fomenting hyperinflation.
want to introduce the basically last thing I'm going to talk about today that I've been working up to with a quick piece from Jim Hoft at the Gateway Pundit entitled, What a Crock! Here is what the waste media and the so-called experts are trying to tell us about the huge spike in sudden adult death syndrome. They've got another word for it now, too. They call it sudden, sudden arrhythmic death syndrome. And it begins by saying the entire world is confronting that epidemic, as they're now calling it, of SADS. Health experts are looking for answers. No, health experts are looking to prevent you from understanding the answer. The syndrome, though, whatever it may be, uh, and some of us would suggest, yeah, it's obvious, folks, is striking down healthy and active, even young people. According to a recent piece in the Daily Mail, people under 40 are being encouraged to have their hearts tested because you never know when it might strike, especially if you've taken the poison poke. The term sudden arrhythmic death syndrome, known as SADS, also refers to sudden and unexpected death that occurs in adolescents and adults, typically during their sleep, caused by cardiac arrest, for which there is no evident or at least admissible explanation that they are willing to have you establish. The syndrome known as SADS, said the Daily Mail, has been fatal for all kinds of people, regardless of whether or not they maintain a fit and healthy lifestyle. Author and researcher April Hunter, though, has tweeted about how these so-called experts are trying to persuade us that things like gardening and falling asleep in front of the TV could bring on early death. Below, and I'm not going to have time to do all of them, but I'll just name a few of them, are a list of articles reported by so-called health experts to explain the sudden spike in SADS. And notice what is obviously not going to make the list. The U.S. Sun Headline, urgent warning to gardeners as soil increases the risk of killer heart disease. Yes, medics have found that pollutants could have a, quote, detrimental effect on our cardiovascular system. The Daily Mail, an expert there, warns that shoveling snow, oops, that's not going to get it during the summer, can be a deadly way to discover underlying cardiovascular conditions. The Wales Online, energy price rise may cause, what else, sudden heart attacks and strokes, says TVGP. From uh, another source from the... uh, From the health line, snoring, could that lead to heart failure? How about CBS News? Watching less TV can reduce heart death, suggests the study there. Another one from the Daily Mail, an entirely new kind of highly reactive chemical is now found in Earth's atmospheres. And could it be the trigger of respiratory and heart diseases contributing to global warning? Oh, yes, booga, booga, booga. This one is called hydrotrioxides, and they're really scary, certainly more so than the poison poke. The U.S. Sun says summer holidays warning because flight delays, yep, that too, can increase the risk of silent killing. You know what else could increase your risk of sudden death? If your pilot croaks because he's been poked and decides to auger the plane in on short final. The Toronto Sun, daylight savings may increase the chance of heart disease, says yet another ahem, bogus study. The new scientist says taller people have a higher risk of nerve, skin, and heart diseases. Yeah, they might just... Yeah, keel over dead and croak, especially if they've had the poison poke, but nope, it's not going to tell you that. Medical news today, what's the link between cold weather and heart attacks? Finally, the New York Post, falling asleep with the television on. I remember a Billy Joel song talking about that. He didn't say it would kill you, though. Could bring early death. Well, there you go, folks. Lots to worry about. Booga, booga, booga. But guess what? The poison poke certainly isn't on the list. Finally, I do have to throw this into the mix today. Another one of those, you've got to be kidding me. How stupid do they really think we are, or how evil do we realize that they are? This comes from Zero Hedge, also via Mark Jeftovic and the bombthrower.com, about right think. 
particularly when it comes to vaccinations. Despite increasingly compelling data and peer-reviewed studies coming out detailing the obvious harms, even death-dealing harms, and debilitating side effects of the actually not vaccinations, Canada's Liberal Socialist Coalition government is doubling down on the poison Zyklon B injections and now appears ready to move the goalposts again on what constitutes, yeah, you know it, vaccine compliance. So the scumbag with the title of health minister, Jean-Yves Duclos, Canadian slaves, and that means all of them, will be required to get a COVID-sick shot every nine months for the foreseeable future, which of course means forever so far as they're concerned. Canada not only wants to fight COVID, yeah sure, but certainly liberty. Honestly, folks, I like the headline summary. It says, Canada's health minister, sick, admits you will never be fully vaxxed. And if you think about it, even though he's an inveterate liar, at least for once, that statement should be true. And if you want to live, especially so. Which takes us to the bottom of the hour, and we've got more right after this. Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above? If the Bible tells you so. I don't care, I'm still free You can't take the sky from me Take me out to the black Tell them I ain't coming back Burn the land Welcome back now to the second segment for this evening. I am your host, Mark Call. And let's kick this one off with a segment I'll have to call Doubling Down on Death and Destruction, starring who else? The Biden Fuhrer and those that are pulling his puppet strings. In retaliation, it says, for the Supreme Court actually reading the Constitution and deciding, hey, the EPA doesn't have the authority, only Congress does, and then only if it's actually enumerated, although the court didn't go that far. Anyway, the Supreme Court essentially limited the EPA and their ability to do things that they don't have the authority to do, and in particular, from forcibly shutting down America's fossil fuel industry, at least to the degree and pace at which this is currently happening. And as Natural News puts it, the Biden regime has therefore stepped into the gap and is threatening to close the nation's largest oil field. Yeah, you thought gas prices were high before? Wait, America, till we stick a fork in you. According to reports, the EPA is readying itself, the hell with the Supreme Court, to cite the Texas-based oil field, known as the Permian Basin, for supposedly violating ozone pollution standards. And that citation may very well be the move that drives a final nail in the coffin of America's last remaining traces of energy independence, which is exactly what the Biden regime and those pulling its strings have been determined to to do since they stole the election. Quote, according to the Texas governor's office, the proposed regulations will directly affect the Permian Basin, largest oil field in the United States, accounting for some 95 million gallons of gasoline per day, or about 40% of all oil produced domestically, said one report about the threat from the regime. This would be just one more move from the bogus Biden Fuhrer to impact the lives and destroy the economic futures of every American by reducing the fuel supply even further and causing gas prices to well beyond their already hyperinflationary levels. A former EPA chief of staff, Mandy Gunasekera, told reporters this week that even though Americans are already paying the highest gas prices ever seen before in our nation's history, to the demise of many of them and their families, Team Biden continues to double down on their political commitment to, quote, end all fossil fuels. 
the unspoken commitment, obviously, and they're working even harder on this, and the once-free United States. If this goes on, one thing you can count on, it's going to be a long, cold, deadly winter. Oh, yeah, and they do intend to disarm you, too. Any questions? Meanwhile, and yes, we talked about the Canadian Ministry of Health, sick in the first segment, and their intent to destroy the health of Canadians and make them all sick. Another piece from Natural News notes that Canada's already known for having some of the most draconian COVID-1984 vaccine mandates in the whole world, what with their communist prime minister, Justin Trudeau, blaming what he has called anti-vaxxer mobs for spreading the illness, when in fact, it's their mandates that are doing so. Now the decision to force the poison poke on so many Canadians is coming back to, well, not haunt them, because they're still doubling down, but statistics do show that fully vaccinated Canadians, and oh, they're going to change the definition there, remember, make up nine out of every 10 COVID deaths in Canada over the past month. And guess what? 80% of those deaths are occurring in people who are even triple vaccinated. In a five-week period between May 1st and June 5th, Canada saw 7,625 hospitalizations, supposedly due to the booga-booga flu, COVID-1984. 6,560 of them were vaccinated. 4,590 of those were triple vaccinated. And according to the calculations of Exposed News, the vaccinated population made up 86% of all hospitalizations, 70% of them triple Zyklon B injected while the unvaccinated population made up just 14% of hospitalizations. And what do you want to bet, folks? No doubt closely exposed to the walking petri dishes of vaccinated people who have become spike protein production factories. And similar statistics apply to actual deaths. And you know darn well, don't you, that the Canadian deathmongers aren't about to back off. No, they're going to double down and increase the mandates, because I guess it's not possible for too many good Canadians to keel over dead. Obviously, though, they intend to keep lying about it. Here's a quick related story, the kind of thing that neither Ministry of Truth in either country is about to let you know. The Epoch Times reports that COVID vaccines have increased the fetal abnormalities being recorded by doctors 100-fold. And I guess that's among those that survive. And when it comes to doubling down, folks, it's pretty tough to top the latest example of why gun control only works in one way, to increase the ability of wannabe mass murderers to execute their victims with impunity. It certainly worked for Mao, Stalin, and Hitler. And those with eyes to see are hard-pressed not to recognize how well it's working in the gun-free killing zones of most of far-left communist progressive cesspool city America. It helps to have the FBI and the Biden regime on your team, too, obviously and the left-stream media to run interference. For example, here's a piece from the Gateway Pundit, not among those that are far left. On Monday, the 4th of July, Bobby Crimo, or is it Cremo? Anyway, the guy who shot and killed all those people in the gun-free killing zone suburb of Highland Park outside Chicago, injuring a whole lot of others, was immediately labeled by the waste-stream media as a right-wing extremist, despite volumes of evidence to the contrary. They even include a video from a local news channel in Chicago claiming Cremo was connected to, quote, a far-right overseas group. More likely, over-the-swamp group. But even though a lot of it's been scrubbed from the web, thank you, socialist media platforms, it's clear that Cremo, they note, was aligned with progressives, socialists, and Antifa. And once again, they provide volumes of information to make that point. This, says TGP, is what the media didn't want you to see. Additionally, law enforcement had visited Cremo, and yet when the media reported erroneously, it seems, about ties to Trump, they remained silent because they knew a lot more about Cremo than was initially reported. 
They were at his home twice, once to confiscate 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword, and still, somehow, he was able to purchase five firearms in the gun control mecca of Chicagoland, Illinois. And a copy of his Twitter account, which was saved before being taken down, clearly shows just how far left Cremo was, pushing far-left publications and far-left politicians like the infamous Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Sabarco Obama. No, he's not at all far right. In fact, I kind of thought Frank Maine's characterization via the burning platform was apropos. Who wrote that he's virtually a poster child for the CIA's MKUltra monarch mind control program. And that's why they selected, quote, an obviously mentally ill, emotionally disturbed, drug-addled, 21-year-old white man with an established history of preoccupation with violence and mayhem. Probably a whole lot of drugs, too. Prescription and not. Now, I guess after those observations, folks, it's time for your host to stop and take a minute or so to do a bit of commentary, because obviously there are a lot of things here that we're being lied to about, a whole lot of things that we'd like to know, like exactly what prescription drugs, Luvox, Prozac, other SSRIs, a.k.a. mass murder and suicide drugs, oh, a whole lot of things that are possibilities, and I guarantee you the media is not about to look into those with the same zeal that they try to pin it all on the type of firearm that this guy used. And I'm sick and tired of hearing the unmitigated BS about how powerful the gun lobby is. After every single one of these more than suspicious looking false flags, and every single one of them in a gun-free killing zone, is ban guns, ban guns, ban guns. You want to see the real powerful agents at work here? Look at what you're not hearing. Not allowed to hear. What's being controlled so that you don't even get to ask the question. Ask yourself why there's not even discussion about the kinds of SSRI or other mind-controlled drugs these mass-murdering psychopaths were taking. And who knew about them? Who's been grooming them? There's your real puppet masters. Oh yeah, and was he vaccinated? Guess what? Looks like this guy's socialist media platform shows he was a big fan of the poison poke. Nobody finds that a bit unusual, or maybe it's just par for the course, since he's clearly been drinking all the other Waystream Kool-Aid. But it does point out an interesting connection that your host finds kind of fascinating. I don't claim to know the motivation of a leftist rapper who decides to kill a whole lot of people and try to be even bigger and badder like his heroes. Nor do I know what motivates those who produce the poison poke and try to force it literally into the bloodstreams of hundreds of millions, if not billions, of people. Although clearly money, power, and the desire to commit mass murder are a common thread here. Call it a satanic influence if you understand what's really going on. But one thing is a clear common denominator, whether we're talking about mass murder by firearms or mass murder by Zyklon B injection. The great big stinking fetid lies. In both cases, they're lying about the cause, the effects, and certainly the statistics. You want to live? Well, the poison poke is far, far more likely to kill you than the booga booga flu. And you're far, far more likely to end up dead if you spend a lot of time in gun-free killing zones than if you live in rural America and have an AR-15 on the shelf and a Glock 21 in your nightstand with a couple of extra standard capacity magazines. Although the leftist press lies about that, too. Because, see, folks, unlike an mRNA injection to modify your DNA, the AR-15 won't rise up and kill you or stop your heart in the middle of the night or even while you're trying to work out. But come to think of it, and here's a precautionary tale, if you've been taking a bunch of SSRIs, especially for a long time, and all of a sudden, because of, say, Biden's supply chain failure or a power grid failure or some other reason that you can't get a hold of whatever drugs it is that manage to keep you from killing yourself and others on a daily basis, 
suddenly you're Joe's informant going cold turkey? Yeah, you probably will, whether you realize it or not, manage to find a way to kill yourself and maybe a whole lot of people along with you, whether you've got a gun at hand or not. And that, too, is a far bigger issue than you're being told. So let me just throw it out there and call it yet another word of the wise. Do you think the Biden regime might have some plans in that direction? Shortage of baby formula? No big deal. Shortage of pampers or feminine hygiene products? Oh, we can survive that. A shortage of Prozac and Luvox on a massive nationwide basis? Hmm, food for thought. Let's turn next to Europe for a couple of stories, basically showing that, no, the attempt to destroy the food supply chain isn't limited to America alone. European tyrants are anxious to subject their peons to a famine as well. And in a demonstration that sounds eerily familiar to what Canadian truckers tried to do in response to the attempt to inject them with poisons and mandate that unless they do so, they can't even earn a living, Dutch farmers, too, have taken their protest to the next level. And no, it's not just the American EPA being used as a weapon against the world. Dutch farmers, says Zero Hedges coverage, are livid over government plans to allegedly cut nitrogen emissions. And here you thought carbon dioxide was the only deadly thing that plants needed to survive by 50 to 95 percent. Huh? What's the point of that? Well, it doesn't matter, folks. It will end up in the same place. Death for a whole lot of people. And as it turns out, livestock, too. Anyway, Dutch farmers have now taken to blocking food distribution centers in protest of the plan. They also put a bunch of manure at the border, a plan which would shutter an estimated one-third of all farms in the Netherlands and cut down on livestock herds, too, by a similar ratio. Kit Knightley at OffGuardian.org summarizes the background this way, noting that this week tens of thousands of farmers in the Netherlands have gathered from all across the country to protest Big Brother policies, which would intend to reduce the number of livestock in the country by up to a third. And in a typical example of media weasel wording, the press reports on all of this headline something like, Dutch farmers protest emissions targets. But this, of course, is a massive lie by omission. The government policy actually being protested, he writes, is a 25 billion euro investment in, supposedly anyway, quote, reducing levels of nitrogen pollution. But it plans to achieve this, among other things, by paying some Dutch livestock farmers to relocate or exit the industry. Others, of course, will be forced out. And in reality, this means reducing the number of pigs, chickens, and cows by about 30%. And that, says Knightley, is what's really being protested here, a deliberate shrinking of the farming sector, impacting the livelihood of thousands of farmers and the food supply of literally hundreds of millions of people. Remember the Klaus Schwab und Soros promise? You'll eat bugs and you'll like it? Because, really, you won't have any choice? Yeah, it's not hard to see that the real goal here is to create an ongoing food crisis. Because the Netherlands produces a massive food surplus and is, in fact, one of the biggest exporters of meat in the world and the largest in Europe. So reducing its output by a full third could have huge implications for the global food supply, no doubt, folks, as intended, especially for Western Europe. And perhaps more troubling, writes the author, is how all of this could and certainly is intended to act as a precedent. This isn't the first pay farmers not to farm scheme launched over the last year. Both the UK and, of course, Big Brother in the US have put such schemes in place. But a government paying to reduce its own meat production? That's a first. It's almost as crazy as refusing new oil and gas leases while the cost of petrol is going through the roof. Indeed, you might think that in a world beset by a shortage of fertilizer due to sanctions against Russia and Belarus, it might be almost mad, or maybe beyond mad, to complain about a surplus of manure, let alone try to reduce it. 
So, obviously, we're well beyond the point where any of this could be considered accidental now, aren't we? Put it this way, says Kit Knightley, if the collectivist governments of the Western world were in fact trying to impoverish and starve their own citizens, what, if anything, would they actually be doing any differently? A couple of brief updates next on the farm situation from around the country. 25 tractors or so were parked outside a distribution center just north of Amsterdam, donning banners which read, Our Farmers, Our Future, among other slogans. Fishermen in the country began blockading ports in solidarity with the farmers. The strike has sparked fears of supermarket food shortages, and rightfully so, but hey, those are only a harbinger of what the Big Brother government there intends to bring on later. Undercover cops tried to infiltrate the Dutch farmer protest, but they got caught, outed, and ousted over the weekend. Over the weekend, other farmers poured manure on government offices in protest. In the town of Lockham, farmers sprayed the town hall with liquid manure. They called it giving town hall a healthy dose of their own horseshit. While in Eindhoven, thousands of citizens joined the farmers' protest. While at the Schiphol Airport near Amsterdam, the Dutch regime desperately positioned military units in anticipation of farm protests. But as some of the coverage wrote, it's not going to be enough. Dutch people are waking up. No great reset here. No build back better. No agenda 2030. And as we saw in Canada, Big Brother is intent to escalate things. A story from the Gateway Pundit dated early Wednesday morning said that Dutch police have opened fire on a 16-year-old farm boy and aimed guns at farmers as mass protests are shutting down the plans for the globalist great reset. Can't have that. Zero Hedge reported that Tuesday evening, during a farmer's protest near the town of Heerenveen, police fired warning shots. No one was injured, but a tractor was hit. Three people there were arrested. Later, police began violently pulling down blockades one by one using something called Romeos. As one commentator put it, it's basically police-sanctioned Antifa. But hey, this is Klaus Schwab country, after all. All of which resulted in farmers escalating to the next level as well, deploying, get this folks, a tank against the green government scheme to reduce nitrogen in fertilizer. And presumably, it's going to be used to block food distribution centers following the use of tractors for that same purpose earlier in the week. You know they're going to be talking both tank control and tractor control next, don't you? The stories and updates continue. Other videos, says TGP's coverage, show police officers sick, stopping civilian cars with guns drawn. And if you watched in Canada, you can pretty well guess where this ends. Also from Europe, although it's probably the same general theme, this comes from Paul Joseph Watson and Summit News. From today, he writes, All new vehicles sold in the European Union, Achtung, will have mandatory black boxes fitted in them that record technical data and will, of course, be accessible by authorities, greasing the skids not only for things that are already in plan and pretty much in play, like remote shutdown, but surveillance-powered speed-limiting technology, too. And while for the time being, drivers can opt out of using the feature, you know darn well there's a back door, and they won't be able to do that for very long. Privacy advocacy writes, fear that the technology will become mandatory. And that's kind of obvious as a nose on your face now, isn't it? Back in 2019, he notes the European Transport Safety Council, how's that for a whopper, announced that July 6th today would mark the day when all car manufacturers would be forced to fit new models with a system that keeps track of all data that Big Brother wants to know, including speed, braking, steering wheel angle, incline of the road, and whether the vehicle's various safety features were operational or disabled, starting with seat belts. What do you bet they're listening to conversations, too? One quick story next from the, you've got to be kidding, Nazi Gestapo SS FBI front. 
where a communist Chinese firm just purchased 300 acres of farmland right near Grand Forks Air Force Base that houses sensitive drone technology. But the Grand Forks City Council is furious that some locals aren't as thrilled about that project as they are. Kind of makes you wonder why. But this week, the FBI took it upon themselves to visit concerned citizen Jody Carlson. No, not what may be the local traders, because she dared to post something on to Facebook, quoting right out of, oh yeah, the evil Declaration of Independence, referencing that long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, to reduce them under absolute despotism. And did she dare to imply, as some of us have here, that it's time to do the same thing that the founders did? To throw off such government that turns out to be doing exactly what the FBI is doing and making very clear what the founders objected to. All of which leads me today to something that I think is really encouraging. I've watched the, uh, I will say it, evolution of Naomi Wolf from a knee-jerk leftist, but somebody at least with a good head on her shoulders, to somebody who has more and more begun to realize just how far gone the American culture is, how far we've moved from the rule of law. Not too long ago, I talked about one of the pieces she did concerning, hey, I've come to understand that the Second Amendment really is important. And recently she did an interview with Sarah Westall about the current situation, and Literally came right out and said a number of things that uh, I believe will downright shock people and are certainly worth saying. Not that your host hasn't been saying something very similar, folks, but it's certainly one thing to see someone who comes from a biblical perspective understand that there really is evil in the world. But it's very much encouraging to see someone who gets there the way Naomi Wolf got there from a... Uh well, far leftist perspective, understanding, you know what? The Old Testament, the Bible, the idea of good versus evil really does have a lot more to do with our current situation than I might have been willing to acknowledge before. Essentially, what she said of late is that we've now entered the last stage of tyranny. So here are some of the excerpts from that interview. Take a listen. So I guess I feel that... Honestly, at this point, these people are so evil and their um, attack on humanity and on the West is so comprehensive. Well, I'll just say what I believe, Sarah. I, I'm a very critical thinker, right? I'm not trying to blow my own horns, just like what I do. I've looked at this attack on us for the last two years from every level. And it's so global in scale. It's so well-coordinated. It's so kind of demonic in its imagination, so comprehensive. And, and I also have studied politics and history my whole life. It, in no other, no other circumstance, not even Nazi Germany's ascent, have I seen such a supernatural amount of coordination. Whoa, time out. And you actually heard that right. Now, I have actually been critical in the recent past of Naomi Wolf for having come way, way down the line here, but not quite being willing to come out and say, you know what? We're seeing something that's not only truly evil, it's downright satanic. And it certainly implies that uh, in order to get there, she has to recognize, on the other hand, there must be a creator too. And that's what's so stunning and so, uh, I would say, encouraging about this and this particular progressive who now seems to have really come almost full circle. Let's hear that again. In no other no other circumstance, not even Nazi Germany's ascent, have I seen such a supernatural amount of coordination. Like usually people fight, there are rifts, 
you know, there's an in-group and an out-group that, you know, people betray each other. It's human nature. Nothing like that, right? For two years has happened. And I can't understand this without reference to um, non, non-human, non-material reality. In other words, I actually think this is a satanic attack on humanity. And I'm not a, you know, woo-woo person. Uh, I, I never talk about this kind of stuff in public, but I think we have to face it. These are meta-human powers I think we're up against. There it is again. And she actually does come right out and say it. There's a supernatural amount of coordination here. It's downright satanic, and it's an attack on humanity. And that's not necessarily all bad news. Like, paradoxically, seeing, concluding that this was a meta-human level of evil with, with like, supernaturally efficient skill sets um, led me to believe in God more literally than I ever have. Yeah, because yes. it must be targeting something, right? But yeah. I, you know, I'm not not proselytizing. I'm not asking people to believe or see what I see. But I cannot understand this global, uh, the, the 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 sophistication and skill and complexity of this uh, as attributable to just human politics. I, even bad politics, even bad people. It doesn't make sense. It only makes sense understand yet. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if that's the case, I don't really think we have any hope just us alone. But I do think if there is a metaphysics involved, maybe we have hope by, you know, prayer or uh, repentance or, you know, I'm literally reading the Old Testament these days and like, what, what are we supposed to do? You know, like, tell me prophets. I don't know. This is too, too horrible. But, but it could be, it could be like principalities and powers that we don't understand. And there you have it. Like I said, I find that extremely encouraging because it's something that I've been hoping and literally praying for for a long time, that those who have been duped for so long would finally come to realize there truly is a God. We are truly up against a level of evil that most humans simply can't wrap their heads around, can't begin to comprehend, and just maybe we had better turn or return to him. It's encouraging, though, that even more of what once would have been the left is starting to figure that out. 